mentally and emotionally healthy doesn't mean that you're happy all the time. It means you're aware of your emotions and you can deal with it, whether they're positive or negative, while ensuring that you are operating within your mental boundaries. So let's get into it. God. Welcome to the Godly Pattern Podcast. We exist to champion your relationship and transformational journey so you can live a godly, fun, and free life. Tune in every Thursday and join our tribe of God lovers as we transform together. I love you, I love you, I love you, Jesus. I've fallen in love, oh. Hey friends, happy Transformational Thursday. It's Coach Lucci here bringing you a juicy, impactful message. And because teamwork makes the dream work, I want to start by acknowledging all my listeners and Godly Tribe members. Indeed, I am so thankful to you all who have reached out to me, liked, commented, and shared this podcast with others. It's just so motivating to see that there are people out there willing to do better and be better, willing to join me on a journey as we keep learning, loving, and transforming together. Last week, we wrapped up the Let's Talk Love series, and that series has been amazing. I am sure that the effects of the Let's Talk Love series will impact and transform the way people wait, the way people date, and the way people navigate through their relationships and marriages. The goal is just to have a willing heart to make small meaningful changes in our now that can lead us towards a defining future filled with love and hope. So this transformational Thursday? I'm excited to be transitioning back to talking about more transformative topics, especially as it relates to our mental health. You know, the past few weeks have confirmed to me that I need to speak on this matter. I was so discombobulated when someone very close to me tells me that they've been feeling depressed and suicidal, and it came about just a few days after celebrating their birthday. As if that wasn't enough, a friend at church came to me with tears in her eyes, sharing with me that her son was suicidal and they had to take him to a facility until he was stable. This weighed on my heart so heavily, and as a coach, I see so many things and hear so many things and I've come to a sound conclusion that if we do not consciously take care of our mental well-being by nourishing our spirit, soul, and body, then we are opening ourselves up to a state of mental bondage. Now let me repeat that. If we do not nourish our spirit, soul, and body, then we are opening ourselves up to a state of mental bondage. So let's talk about it. Our mental health is just as important as our physical health. Just because mental issues are not visible doesn't mean it's not a serious issue. It's a very serious issue and it needs to be discussed continuously in today's world. 
Let's look at a few stats that show the real gravity of the situation we are faced with. Because at the end of the day, understanding how mental illness affects people around the world can help us better solve the mental crisis we're in right now. Here are some stats. 970 million people around the world struggle with some form of mental illness. One in four people will be affected by a mental illness at some point of their lives. 14.3% of deaths worldwide or approximately 8 million deaths each year are attributed to mental disorders. The prevalence of all mental disorders increased by 50% worldwide from 416 million to 650 million between 1990 and 2023. Depression affects over 300 million people worldwide, regardless of culture, age, gender, religion, race, or economic status. More than 75% of people in low and middle income countries receive no treatment for depression. Suicide is the fourth leading cause of death among people aged 15 to 29. 284 million people suffer from an anxiety disorder worldwide. The United States has the highest global death rates from mental health issues which also include drug abuse. 19.86% of adults are experiencing a mental illness and 4.91% are experiencing a severe mental illness. Among U.S. adolescents aged 13 to 18, an estimated 49.5% of adolescents had a mental disorder. That's about half of all adolescents. So as you can see, mental health is a very serious problem which impacts everyone. I said everyone. It does not discriminate. And that's why these kinds of conversations are so important. So like the title of this episode states, I will be zoning in on prioritizing our mental and emotional well-being. The most dangerous thing about mental sickness is that it's internal. You can't see what a person is thinking and going through. You don't know the war they are facing unless they tell you. But you can tell if they are losing the battle because there are signs, signals, words that are used, actions that are made, etc. But the fight is a silent and sometimes lonely one. But that needs to change. And I believe it needs to change urgently. And that's why I'm talking about this. And I thank God and I thank everyone out there that is shedding a light to mental health, mental well-being, mental disorders. I am grateful for folks that are shedding a light to this stuff. We cannot keep silent and watch our loved ones and watch our community of people just give up on life just like that. We have to be focused on others and honestly... We have to lead with love because only by loving someone can you really understand the changes in their behaviors and really understand if they need help. It's by praying for one another. 
We need to be talking about this. We need help if we are not in a good mental headspace. We must not fight this battle alone. So let's focus on prioritizing our mental well-being first. It's time to start taking care of your well-being and prioritizing your mental health. So let's look at a few ways you can prioritize your mental health. Number one, practice self-care. Self-care involves all the things that you do to support your physical, mental, and emotional well-being. And I do have to add spiritual well-being because it all starts in the spiritual. It may involve taking a bath, doing a hobby you love, exercising, meditating, saying a prayer, eating healthy, or implementing a consistent sleep routine. Along with preventing illness, these techniques can help you maintain your overall health and happiness. Number two, learn to say no. Let me repeat that one more time. Learn to say no. It's okay to say no. You are only one person, so it's impossible to say yes to everything. If you want to prioritize your mental health, you should start by learning to say no and focusing on your priorities. This is especially true at work. Set clear boundaries at work and be consistent with your schedule. While you can take on extra projects from time to time, don't put your mental health at risk because your boss needs you to volunteer to handle a large workload. This is such an important lesson to learn. Know your load and capacity. Don't overload your mind. Don't overload your body. It sounds so simple, but saying no can be so hard at times. But you have to learn and be comfortable with it. Again, it's okay to say no. Figure it out. But just prioritize your mental health, please. While saying no may often be associated with negativity, it actually holds a lot of power. From being able to shut down unwanted advances to politely declining professional requests, there are infinite times a day when this single syllable word can come in very handy. If you find yourself tongue-tied at the prospect of saying no, here are a few things that can help you make a change. Put your needs first. You're the best judge of what you need and when you need it. Don't let anyone else decide that for you. Also, don't get lost in the maze of what other people will think of you if you say no. That's their prerogative. Don't base your actions on other people's opinions. I thought it important to get into why it's important to say no, but let's keep on going as we talk about ways you can prioritize your mental well-being. Number three, connect with others. You are not an island. To prioritize your mental health, take some time to improve your social connections. Human beings are social creatures, so we need to have fulfilling relationships to be happy. In fact, strong social connections are linked to better mental wellness and longer lives. You can improve your social well-being by calling your loved ones and making plans to meet up. You can join communities of like-minded people or have a group chat with your faraway family members or friends. Number four, 
Transform your self-talk. This is so important. This is something I want to talk a bit more about. This is so critical to your mental state. If you didn't know, self-talk is your internal dialogue. It is influenced by your subconscious mind and it reveals your thoughts, beliefs, questions, and ideas. Self-talk can be both negative and positive. It can be encouraging and it can be distressing. Much of your self-talk depends on your personality. If you're an optimist, your self-talk may be more hopeful and positive. The opposite is generally true if you tend to be a pessimist. But the good news is, your self-talk can change with the few changes made by you. It all starts with you. Positive thinking and optimism can be effective stress management tools. Indeed, having a more positive outlook on life can provide you with some health benefits. If you believe your self-talk is too negative or if you want to emphasize positive self-talk, you can learn to shift that inner dialogue. It can honestly help you be a more positive person and it probably would improve your health. Positive self-talk takes practice if it's not in your natural instinct. If you're generally more pessimistic, you can learn to shift your inner dialogue to be more encouraging and uplifting. However, forming a new habit takes time and effort. Over time, your thoughts can shift. Positive self-talk can become your norm, but before you can learn to practice more self-talk, you must first identify negative thinking which amplify a negative mental well-being. So let's look at a few. Personalizing. You blame yourself for everything. Magnifying. You focus on the negative aspects of a situation, ignoring any or all of the positive things. This is a big one, and it's quite dangerous. Catastrophizing. You expect the worst. You rarely let logic or reason persuade you otherwise. And lastly, polarizing. You see the world in black and white, or good and bad. There is nothing in between and no middle ground for processing and categorizing life events. Are you struggling with any of these things? When you begin to recognize your types of negative thinking, you can work to turn them into positive thinking. This task requires practice and time, and this doesn't develop overnight. The good news is, it can be done. Negative self-talk can be corrected. Listen to me. Negative self-talk might be holding you back in life. But by changing your self-talk, you can reduce anxiety, improve your heart health, and change how you deal with stress. Number 5. Give Back not only does giving back help those in need, it also has significant positive effects on your mental health. According to some professionals, they believe that giving back can lower blood pressure, increase self-esteem, lower stress levels, and even lead to longer life. Right, giving is living. Whether you're able to volunteer with an organization whose mission you're passionate about, 
lend an open ear to a friend, or help someone struggling with their grocery bag, giving back is a great way to boost your mental health. Number six, make time for rest. I want to repeat this. I feel like just screaming this out. Make time for rest. It is unfortunately a privilege to have time to rest. While some can take months off to rest, others might be looking at hours or even minutes. The most important thing is to take whatever time you can to rest. Rest looks different for everyone. For you, it might be doing a 5-minute breathing exercise. For someone else, perhaps a walk in nature. Whenever possible, try to unplug from your electronic device when resting. It can reduce stress, improve decision making, and even increase motivation. So now that we have covered how you can prioritize your mental well-being, let's talk about how you can prioritize your emotional well-being. Let's first start by defining it. Emotional wellness. Emotional wellness can be defined as the awareness, understanding, and acceptance of your emotions. It is an important part of holistic wellness as it can impact your outlook on life, your relationships, and your health. Taking care of your emotional well-being matters. When you're emotionally healthy, you manage the various elements of your life and work with a range of emotions without losing control. You bounce back. Attending to your emotional well-being is always a good investment. In good times or bad, Life presents events that challenge you. It happens to the best of us. But when you know how to face these obstacles with the resilient mindset, your confidence in your ability to get through any circumstance is strengthened. Emotional well-being is also the ability to produce positive emotions, moods, thoughts, and feelings and adapt when confronted with adversity and stressful situations. One of its foundations is resilience. Resilience allows you to navigate challenging life events. Think of resilience like a muscle. It flexes and develops the more you use it. Building resilience impacts how you face challenges and how you think about the challenges you face. For example, when you're passed up for a promotion at work, do you feel motivated to jump into a new professional development program or do you feel resentful? Are you optimistic that another strong opportunity will come along when the time is right? Or do you feel overwhelming disappointment that you missed this particular opportunity? Emotional well-being allows you to focus on the positive and manage the negative emotions and feelings you may have in a given situation. This can help you forge stronger relationships with those around you. A positive sense of well-being, it shines and it shows. It attracts others to you. It enables you as an individual to be able to function in the society and meet the demands of everyday life. 
Well-being in general includes global judgments of life satisfaction and feelings ranging from depression to joy. How you deal with your range of emotions is critical. Why is emotional well-being so important? Your resilience grows when you recognize the emotions that trigger you and express them in a constructive manner to yourself and others. Richard Rohr says, If we do not transform our pain, we will most assuredly transmit it, usually to those closest to us, our family, our neighbors, our co-workers, and invariably the most vulnerable, our children. To transform that adversity, begin by observing and managing your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. That helps determine the actions you take and completely changes the way you handle stressful situations. And not just that, the way you make decisions. As you place more emphasis on your emotional well-being, you are able to receive and offer feedback with a healthy perspective. You are able to have discussions and difficult conversations with anyone. You are able to establish stronger relationships. That's because your level of understanding, empathy, humor, and compassion increases. You view yourself and others with less judgment. So how can you improve your emotional well-being? Let's talk about some of the ways. Your range of emotions and how you manage them influence your emotional health. So here are eight ways you can control your emotions and feelings and stay resilient. Number one, move your body. Do some sort of physical activity. Exercise, dance, fold laundry, and if the weather permits, get outside. Walk around the block, run, visit a park, walk your dog, have some fun. Number two, Establish a routine. Create a schedule that balances the work you do with the life you want. Set time for your meetings. Block space to set goals. Create room to do the things you love, like cooking a new dish, listening to music, watching a movie. Establish a routine and stick to it. Number three, connect with others. Love on your family. Love on your friends. Love on your community of people. Check in with those who support you. Ask for help. Learn something out of your comfort zone. Spend time with someone you respect and value. Number four, forgive. Forgive others and forgive yourself. Forgiveness frees you to keep your power. Forgiveness opens the path to live in the moment. Forgiveness allows for growth and happiness. Do not give someone else the power. Forgiveness is for you. So you must forgive honestly and swiftly. Number five, do something for others. Offer to do something for someone you know or don't know, for which you cannot be repaid. Pick up some groceries for a neighbor.
volunteer online. Go out on an outreach. Help those who are helpless. Send a thank you note. Number six, sleep. Let me repeat that. Sleep. Healthy sleep gives your body the chance to repair itself. It refreshes your brain to manage your memories and process information. Most times, you wake up in a better mood. Number seven, be kind to yourself. What gives you joy? Where are you at peace? When do you have space to be you? As you are kind to yourself, you will want to extend that kindness beyond yourself. And I just want to stress here that Jesus gives joy. And the joy that Jesus gives, gives you strength. And that strength can be replicated in your spirit, in your mind, and in your body. So I'm just going to leave that there. I want you to process that. Number eight, be self-aware. Notice the thoughts, actions, habits, and character traits that serve you well. And when you spot what needs to change, you'll be ready. You will simply know, and you'll be more willing to make the changes because you are being self-aware. So in conclusion, I want to start with the quote that touched me. Watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits. They become character. Watch your character. It becomes your destiny. You become more resilient as you encounter and master any situation. Whenever you have doubts, and you will, remember that you have everything you need to take care of your emotional well-being. Remember that you will bounce back. So I just want to pray for someone listening to this podcast today. This is such an important topic because I see people losing their mind. Not being in control of their emotions. Losing jobs. Losing partners. Because of a lack of mental and emotional well-being. So today I pray for you. That you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I pray that the Holy Spirit will guide you through life and give you strength to navigate through mental and emotional transitions as you go through the highs and lows of life. I pray today that you will understand that the joy of the Lord is your strength and your God, I said your God, loves you and cares for you. And he will never leave you or forsake you. In Jesus' name, amen. This was such a powerful episode. I hope you learned something from this episode today. And I believe that you did not stumble on this podcast by mistake. So as you go through your day, please process this information and come up with questions, resolutions, and intentions to do life with God, to live in His freedom, 
and to prioritize your mental and emotional well-being. Just do your best and leave the rest for God. He got you and He will come through for you. I truly believe that together we stand and divided we fall. So I'm eager to help. I'm eager to know your thoughts and to help you navigate your journey. So be sure to send your questions in and subscribe to the Godly Pattern Podcast YouTube channel and come join me on Faith Talks with Coach Lucci as soon as it premieres. I'm so excited for us to dig deep into your questions together. So do you need a coach or just someone to listen to you? Our godly coaches are here for you to serve you and help you on all things love and transformation. Just remember to love God, live free, and have fun while doing it. Thank you for tuning into the Godly Pattern Podcast today. I hope something from today's discussion touched your heart in a unique way. Be sure to subscribe, like, share, and send in your questions by going to www.godlypattern.com and join the Godly Tribe. Now, my dear friends, remember whose you are according to the Word of God in Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26 to 27. And God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. So until next time, go conquer and dominate in love and light.